Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa. For years, ParCast has worked tirelessly to bring you an unprecedented look at history's most radical true crime events. Your support has not only allowed us to keep exploring these stories, but has driven us to keep expanding as well. So as a thank you to the ParCast listeners, I am honored to announce the release of our first book, Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Joined Them. It's available on July 12th, and you can pre-order it today at parcast.com cults. The Branch Davidians, The Anthill Kids, Heaven's Gate, and more. Cults combs through the terrifying details never explored in any of Parcast's series before. This is a passion project only made possible by you. So we truly hope you'll enjoy it. Visit parcast.com slash cults to pre-order your copy of Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Joined Them. The Florida man crimes haven't stopped, so why should we? Welcome to our list of crimes from the Sunshine State. Not part one, or two, or three, but four. What other state could provide us with the sometimes zany and often questionable behaviors that led to the crimes on this list? While there are no murders in this episode, there are several crimes that involve animals. Number one involves animals and perhaps the greatest response to being caught that we've heard yet. Hey, all you weirdos. Welcome to Crime Countdown, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Ash. And I'm Elena. Every week, we'll highlight 10 fascinating stories of history's most engaging and unsettling crimes, all picked by the Parcast Research Gods. This episode, we're counting down the top 10 Florida Man Crimes, part four. I am so ready for these Florida Man (laughs) Crimes today. The thing is that they're always just so shocking, but not in the way of like, oh my God, but in the way of, you really thought that was going to (laughs) work or just go down without an issue? That's exactly how I feel. Like most of these crimes would never even be attempted if the perp just gave them even a millisecond of thought. It's like (laughs) a millisecond. It's like you said, you read these and you just think, why though? Oh, yeah. You will be saying just that. Why, though, when we get to number one, let's just say that when they say don't touch the animals at like the zoo or the aquarium or anywhere for that matter, really, (laughs) they mean it. See, I'm a little scared now. You should be. There's an endless supply of uniquely Florida elements that can bring us an infinite list of these. And they only get stranger and stranger, especially if they're going to involve animals. I know, I know. Well, today we've just got 10. Elena has come with half of that list and I too come bearing five different Florida men and their wild crimes. (laughs) But neither of us knows who's on the other one's list. Let's start the countdown. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some... The gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Blair. 
Wanna hear something scary? Join me as I read the creepiest urban legends, folk tales, and ghost stories that I learn on my travels around the world and that we receive from listeners like you. But only if you think you can handle it. Listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, sweet screams. I'm Tanya Mosley. In 1987, my sister Anita vanished without a trace. Decades later, thanks to DNA, we found her. But that's only the beginning of the story. She Has a Name is a new audio documentary that explores the search for redemption, confronting trauma, and healing in the face of unimaginable loss. Subscribe now to Truth Be Told Presents She Has a Name, where every revelation brings us closer to the truth. 10. I'll start us off with number 10, the Buckethead Bird Thief. Okay. (laughs) Yes. An unidentified burglar broke into a Miami bird store in 2016 and stole 40 birds, all while wearing a bucket over his head. So how was he able to see anything then? That's a great question. You know, it's Florida. Honestly, Florida man, I feel like he maybe would have been prepared and like cut holes in the bucket. Yeah, you would think that. Cut eye holes out. Well, this story has a few uniquely Florida elements like I talked about before. First, we have the man who used a bucket as a face mask. Second, we have the birds that he is stealing, which were racing pigeons. Wait, racing pigeons? Racing pigeons. What is today what so what are racing pigeons you might be asking right now i am they are specially trained birds that know how to return to a home base after traveling a set distance kind of like messenger pigeons from the olden days okay you know very specific birds pigeon racing is apparently quite popular in some parts of the world unsurprisingly in florida too and very lucrative lucrative you say apparently i don't know by like first-hand account but apparently The owner of the Miami Bird Store said that the 40 stolen racing pigeons were worth between $130 to $1,300 per bird. Are you kidding me? That's an expensive bird. I saw a whole bunch of pigeons the other day. I could scoop them up for you. Just scoop them on up. Come on, pigeons. Let's race. But they're not trained. I could train them. You could. I believe that. Like, here, run. The burglar at the Miami Bird Store was seen in security camera footage walking around the cages, pulling birds out, and stuffing them into a box. Oh, that's sad. Isn't that really sad? I don't like thinking about that. I don't either. He climbed a ladder to get away, still with a bucket on his head, mind you, and dropped the box of birds. No! I know. And it's like thinking about birds in a box, like just stuffing birds in a box. No. Come on. They were probably so stressed out. I know. And isn't it birds that like they shouldn't be stressed out? Like they get very sick when they're stressed out? Probably. I think that's a lot of it. I mean, don't stress any animal out, but I think birds in particular. Then as he climbed over the fence, he fell, which I feel like, you know, that can happen really often when you have a bucket on your head. But nine out of 10 times, one might say. Yeah, I feel like that specific thing is going to happen more oftentimes than not when you have an actual bucket on your head. Yeah, a bucket on your head is known to hinder your balance a bit. Well, the kicker to this story is that all signs point to the burglar getting away with it. There's no word if he was ever caught. So I guess maybe the bucket on your head is a good disguise? Nine. At number nine is 
Scott Eklund. Scott Eklund crashed his truck into a home in Winter Park, Florida in 2018. According to the police report, he then asked the responding officer if he could run away from the scene of the crash real fast. (laughs) Oh, Scott, if only it were that easy. Wow. When the police officers arrived at the scene of the crash, Scott was reportedly outside of his vehicle in a quote-unquote fighting stance. He was just rocky He's outside to, of his vehicle. He's squared up, ready to go. Wow. Scott allegedly claimed to be an FBI agent, refused to get on the ground, and threatened to shoot an officer. So that's where the funny stuff ends. Yeah, yeah none of that checks out. Not okay. But then he tripped and fell. Standoff <laughs> over. Because now he was on the ground. Because he tripped. When an officer searched Scott's car, he reported finding meth and a small scale. According to the arrest report, Scott talked nonstop and was making no sense. Scott then apparently asked a trooper to let him run away to get more meth. Wow. He offered to get the officer a larger quantity than what was already found in his car. That's a bold move. Let's see if it pays off for him. Probably won't. During questioning, Scott also reportedly told officers he'd crashed into that specific house because a sex offender lived there. The state database didn't show any sex offenders living at that address. Whoops. He's like, it was all in the name of good. Uh, Sorry, I didn't know you could look that up. Good try. (laughs) So the police arrested Scott for driving with a suspended license and battery on a law enforcement officer. Scott was later convicted of first-degree misdemeanors of resisting an officer without violence and first-degree battery and sentenced to nine months in jail. Wow, Scott. I like the part where he fell. I like the part where he was like, do you mind if I just run away real quick and get more meth? Like they were just going to be like, you know what? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Just just come on back now. You hear? Make sure you get right back. Silly stuff. Just real quick. I'm going to time you. Go ahead. Eight. At number eight in today's list of Florida man crimes is Nicholas Jackson. Police say Nicholas Jackson stole a BMW from a car dealership near Fort Lauderdale, along with the keys to 60 other vehicles. To be fair, though, he did try to purchase the car first, using food stamps. In March of 2016, Nicholas showed up at a car dealership in Pompano Beach and tried to purchase a Beamer valued at $60,000. But when he reportedly offered his EBT card, which is commonly referred to as a food stamps card and a credit card, the dealership turned him away. Nicholas was not deterred. Sheriff's deputies say he returned the next night and stole the car, along with the keys to 60 other vehicles. Deputies said they were later able to find him with the car, 70 miles north of Pompano, because, well, he ran out of gas and didn't have any money to fill the tank. Wow, he was not thinking ahead. It's gonna happen. (laughs) Deputies arrested Nicholas on suspicion of grand theft auto. He pleaded no contest to a charge of theft. Okay. I'm going to try to help you. I'm going to try to help you, Nicholas. Let's see. Your initial thought process and intent was to purchase the vehicle. Sure. Did not go into this from all accounts wanting to take it. Okay. Without offering anything in return. Correct. But then you did. I feel like that wipes it kind of clean. You ruined it for yourself, Yeah, you you can't really... I can't help you there. Sorry. Sorry, Nicholas. She tried. I did. At number seven is Rocco Joseph Mantella. A quick warning, this story is an awful case of animal abuse. 
but it also has a healthy dose of Florida-style ridiculousness. Rocco Mantella, age 34, was accused in 2018 of kicking swans at an Orlando park for, quote, karate practice. We Um, truly are the worst things to happen to this planet. Truly, and I'm already angry. Several people were near Lake Eola Park on an April morning when they noticed Rocco practicing karate kicks. Lake Eola is known for its swans and for having swan-shaped paddle boats, which is the cutest thing ever. Precious. But one witness reported that Rocco kicked two swans in the head and another one in the backside, quote, as hard as possible. The kicks were reportedly strong enough to knock the swans over. Who kicks swans? Like, they're so beautiful and, like, oh. They're like a symbol of beauty and and love. Right. And what are you doing? They're just living their lives. Like, leave them alone. Like, do you want to be kicked for karate practice? We should all kick you. He also reportedly kicked a small duck that appeared to be sleeping. This is going to make me cry. Stop it. Other witnesses said Rocco looked at them and laughed when he saw their reaction to what he was doing. which I would assume they looked horrified, so why are you sitting there laughing? Police were called, and they arrested Rocco and charged him with one count of cruelty to animals. According to USA Today, Rocco was a former wrestler at Indiana State University. He reportedly won an amateur MMA fight in 2012, which I'm like, I don't even care that you won that. I should take that win away from you. You win nothing. You win nothing, Rocco. Authorities said they looked for the swans following the incident, but were unable to find them. So hopefully that means that they were all okay. Yeah. Rocco was convicted of a first-degree misdemeanor for trespassing. He pleaded no contest and was fined $323. It always bothers me that animal cruelty and abuse is not taken seriously. Right. If somebody can do that to an animal, they will do it to a person. Exactly. Like, it is almost an actual guarantee that they are going to harm a person in their life. Yeah. So it's like, why don't we take it more seriously? Well, and we're all animals. So like, why is hurting an animal and like yeah. hurting a human not held in the same regard? And it's worse. Animals are helpless. That's the other Completely thing. Completely helpless. It's ugh. And anybody who can do that to an animal, stay the heck away from me. Stay away. Get out of here. <laughs> At number six is Christian Radecki. Florida man Christian Radecki was caught on video in front of a house in Cape Coral, dancing on top of a marked sheriff's SUV. During his arrest, Christian said his dance was to, quote, ward off vampires. All right, cool. So he's actually doing the sheriff a favor. Yeah, he's just trying to help everybody out. I'd be like, all right, man, thanks for the solid. He's just dancing. Just let him go. In surveillance footage from the 2015 incident, Christian is seen pulling into a driveway behind a white SUV clearly marked as a sheriff's. He was blasting the song Rich Girl by Holland Oates from his car. Okay. Which, like, point for good music taste. Absolutely. Holland Oates. That is a bop. Yeah. In the video, Christian is seen climbing up the back of the SUV and onto the roof where he does a jig. And his moves aren't terrible. There's some bouncing, dipping, some arm flailing. That's a good song to dance to. He's having a real good time. When that song ends, Super Tramp's Goodbye Stranger comes on. Ooh. Another bop. I was going to say, that's a good one, too. Christian takes a dance break and appears to crouch on the roof of the car and try a crow pose-like move. He's just taking a moment. He's stretching. Yeah. This goes on for over five minutes before we see Christian slide down onto the hood of the SUV yank out a windshield wiper 
and swing it around a bit. Then he finally gets off the car and goes down onto the lawn. He is seen walking around the lawn with an American flag that officers later said he took from the residence yard. Oh, too rowdy. Yeah, we're getting too Settle down. Police came to arrest Christian after receiving a complaint from neighbors. He told officers that a, quote, woman with fangs came to his door and told him a human sacrifice involving vampires was imminent. Oh. Christian said he wanted to get the, quote, sheriff of Nottingham to help him stop the slaughter of small children. Oh. Just as a note, the vehicle belonged to a Lee County sheriff, so not exactly the same thing. You know, whatever will do, though. But a very noble motive here to stop the slaughter of small children. I'm for that motive. I'm never going to be against that motive. As it turns out, Christian also told officers that he was not under the influence of drugs or alcohol, and he had no recorded diagnosis of any mental health conditions. Christian was arrested on charges of disturbing the peace and criminal mischief. He was found guilty of disturbing the peace, disturbing property, and larceny and sentenced to 148 days in jail. I need to know if he did a breathalyzer because there's no way that he was not (laughs) under the influence. He was just really having a moment. He was vibing. So here's my problem with this whole list so far. Why did Christian get, what was it, 148 days in jail, but Rocco literally like beat the hell out of animals Yeah, in front of a group of people and he had to pay like a dollar. Like 300 bucks. Yeah. Are you kidding? Come on. He should have spent that time in jail and Christian... Flip it and reverse it. Yes. Yeah. Put your thing down. Yeah. At least Christian wasn't actively hurting anybody. He was getting rowdy. Like he deserved to be like something had to happen. But he's my favorite on the list but he, so far. He was getting rowdy in the name of saving children from imminent vampire sacrifices. And so dancing to great music. Yeah. How could you even be mad? If I was the sheriff, I might have joined in. Yeah, why not? That's why I'm not the sheriff. That's why you're not the sheriff. Hi, listeners. It's Carter from ParCast Network. It's the perfect time to grab yourself a second helping of the Spotify original from ParCast, Devious Dads. Our limited series is back with a new collection of episodes from across the network, exposing the unfortunate families whose patriarchs had a penchant for causing pain. Criminal masterminds, spies, murderers. Every Sunday on Spotify, Devious Dads features the fathers who chose to put the fear of God into those they tormented, including their own families. Some men raise children, others raise hell. Be sure to follow season two of Devious Dads free and only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Five. All right, let's jump back in with number five on our countdown of Florida Man Crimes, part four. Starting off the second half of our list, Blake Lee Waller and Victor Walter Abler. 
When Hurricane Irma hit Southwest Florida in 2017, it left millions of residents without power. The situation definitely wasn't helped by Blake Lee Waller and Victor Walter Apeler, two Jacksonville residents that allegedly tried to steal a utility pole and pawn it for cash. My goodness. What are you guys doing? Victor and Blake were both in their 40s when they were arrested and charged with grand theft. They had taken a 30-foot-long utility pole that was valued at around $2,500. The men were hard to miss on the road as they strapped the pole to the top of an SUV. A bystander called police after spotting them, tying the pole to the car. According to a police report, one of the men told officers they were moving the pole because it was just too close to traffic. Such helpful men. Don't be suspicious. Don't be (laughs) suspicious. That's all I can hear while they strap that pole to their car in front of everybody. Gigantic pole. So when the police asked why he didn't just move it out of the way, he apparently had no answer. Police also searched a pawn database and saw that one of the men had 72 scrap metal related transactions with pawn shops. The Twitter account for the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office posted a picture of the two men in handcuffs seated on a curb next to the massive pole (laughs) on top of the car. The picture received hundreds of retweets. Blake pleaded guilty to grand theft and was sentenced to 64 days in prison, and Victor pled guilty to grand theft and was sentenced to 45 days in prison. Confusing why they didn't get the same sentence for the same crime, but But, okay. But sure, Florida. So weird. (laughs) Why not? Landing at number four this week is Jonathan Crenshaw. Jonathan Crenshaw was a well-known Miami Beach street artist who gained fame by painting with his feet. He has no arms. In July of 2018, the 46-year-old artist was arrested for using his feet, this time to stab a tourist. Oh. Yeah. That escalated quickly. The alleged victim, a 22-year-old man visiting from Chicago, said that he approached Jonathan to ask for directions. He claimed that Jonathan grabbed a pair of scissors with his feet, stabbed him, and ran off. Don't ask me for directions. Yeah, no. The alleged victim was bleeding from the arm when he was admitted to the hospital. According to Jonathan, he was lying down and minding his own business when the alleged victim punched him in the head. Both of these things don't make sense. It's like, why would he walk up and ask for directions and immediately get stabbed? Right. And the other way, it's like, you were just laying there and he just punched you in the head? Like, neither one of those. I'm like, we're missing something. Yeah. Jonathan told police that he acted in self-defense. Miami New Times, a local paper that had profiled Crenshaw in the past, found that Crenshaw had multiple run-ins with the law, including violent crime charges. The paper reports that in 2011, Crenshaw was caught on camera trashing a hotel lobby. Oh, that's rude. The video shows an armless man using his feet to swipe things off the lobby counter. He then climbs up on the tall counter using just his lower body strength and kicks everything off, including a printer. Including a printer? Yeah, that's intense. He must have very muscular legs. The tourist stabbing incident earned Jonathan Crenshaw another arrest on suspicion of aggravated battery but he was acquitted by a jury in 2018. Three. Number three on our countdown of Florida Man Crimes, part four, is Cody Blake Hessian. 
This story starts pretty normal. Man allegedly steals a car, crashes it into a ditch, police come to make an arrest. What the police didn't expect to find when making the arrest was Monk, an adorable little capuchin monkey in a diaper who was clinging to his owner. Oh my goodness, I cannot. I I feel like that was a pleasant surprise. Oh, I want to take him. In the early morning hours of June 8th, 2018, Cody Blake Hessian allegedly stole his friend's car and drove it into a ditch near St. Petersburg, Florida. Cody allegedly tried to run, but was stopped by police. But Cody wasn't alone. His pet monkey, Monk, who was on a leash, clung to Cody's chest during his arrest. He was probably just scared. Yeah. In a police video of the arrest, Cody and Monk can be seen hugging and kissing as they're forced to say goodbye. Stop. Monk was placed in a dog carrier and taken by the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. He was taken to Suncoast Primate Sanctuary in Palm Harbor. Cody, who didn't have an exotic animal permit, called the situation heartbreaking. He had gotten Monk four years earlier. Following his arrest on suspicion of auto theft, Cody fought to get Monk back. He reapplied for the exotic animal permit and posted online to drum up support for his and Monk's reunion. In a video from ABC Action News, Cody told a reporter, quote, The loyalty he has and the loyalty I have for him is like no other. Cody's mom said of Monk, he's my first grandbaby. I'm screaming. So Cody ended up pleading no contest to resisting arrest and was sentenced to one day in prison and a fine of $350. But I need to know if he got Monk back. Oh, this is so hard because when it comes to exotic animals, I'm like so on the fence of whether it makes sense for people to have them as pets. I know because there can be so many things that go wrong. There's a lot of gray area there. I think that it's one of those things that should probably be taken by like a case by case case case. basis. Because it seems like Monk was like really comfortable with Cody. And it seems like he, from what we know, like from the little information we have, it seems like Cody was a good owner. Yeah, it seems like they loved each other. Yeah, so I could see this. But like when people have tigers and stuff. Yeah, that's why it's like such a case by case thing. It is. And some people really like thrive and the animals thrive with somebody. But it doesn't happen like that all the time. It doesn't. It's hard. Again, we see Cody getting a huger, a way huger sentence than Rocco. I'm still mad about Rocco. I'm pissed about Rocco. I'm really mad about Rocco. And he got out of there scot-free. The fact that he only had to pay money, like I know we already said this, but he just had to pay a fine that was barely anything. He's going to go and kick more animals. He is. He's going to be kicking animals all over the place. And then I'm still, you know, that whole like stabbing thing, the Jonathan Crenshaw case. Yeah something's, I don't know, there's something up there. We gotta reach out to the parties involved and find out. I just need to know. Well, we've got two left. I'm hoping there's no more animal cruelty and, well, actually, I know that there's something that involves animals. I was just gonna say, I cannot promise you that on my end. I hope you can promise me it on yours. Um, no deal. Cool, let's get into this then. We're down to the final two spots on our countdown of Florida Man Crimes, Part 4. At number two is Joshua James. Joshua James was going through a Wendy's drive-thru in Palm Beach County, Florida, around 1 a.m. one night in 2016. When he was handed his drink, he responded by throwing a 3.5-foot-long alligator through the drive-thru window 
in speeding off. Um, that's terrifying. Can you imagine being the human that handed him his drink? Here's your drink, sir. And then he throws a three and a half foot long alligator at you. And like, I hope he didn't hurt the alligator. That's what I'm worried. I'm worried about everybody involved here. Same. No one, including the alligator, was hurt in the incident, luckily. Okay, good. The alligator was captured and re-released back into the wild with a little trauma, that makes, I would say. Yeah, with a little trauma, but it makes me so happy that back home. Yeah. James was traced through security camera footage. He was arrested and charged with illegally possessing an alligator, petty theft, and assault with a deadly weapon without intent to kill. Because, yeah, that would be a deadly weapon. Absolutely. I also need to know when the precedent was set and a law was put into law that you cannot possess an alligator. Yeah, I gotta know what that precedent was. Like, please. He said he had found the alligator on the side of the road. And it's like, okay. Then leave it there. Oh, oh, that explains it then. Right. In his initial court appearance, James was ordered to stay away from all Wendy's, not possess animals except for his mother's dog, which, I'm sorry, what? Like, why are we allowing that? Yeah, except for, like, the most domesticated and loyal of all animals. Like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, we'll let you near one of those. He also had to undergo a mental health test and possess no weapons. He was eventually convicted of two misdemeanor charges and sentenced to one year of probation, a $500 fine, and 75 hours of community service. A request to keep the conviction off James's record was denied. He is also ordered to stay away from any Wendy's. That's good. Which is, some might say, a fate worse than anything. I mean, the old me would have said that. James's father said this of his son, quote, He always had a pet lizard. I guess he didn't think nothing of it. The judge reprimanded James by saying, In my view, there is absolutely no excuse for taking an animal, particularly an alligator, and throwing it through a window at a total stranger. The poor dude that had to sit there and say that to somebody, they were probably like, I never thought in my life I would have to tell somebody that throwing an alligator through a window is not okay. But here we are. That's what I love, that the judge was like, you know, I'm just going to give you my point of view on this. And in, in my point of view, you should never throw an animal, particularly an alligator. Through a window at a stranger. Through a window at someone you don't know. One like, might call that fact. That's just my opinion. Who knows? I don't know. I think we can put that in the fact book. I feel like we could throw that into law and it would be fine. I think we'd all agree. Yeah. Maybe not Josh, I guess, and his dad. Don't throw it into law. Don't throw anything. Everybody stop throwing things. We got to set a precedent here. One. And that brings us to number one on our countdown of the top 10 Florida man crimes, part four, James Massengale Jr. In 2016, James Massengale Jr. was a 47-year-old student preacher who was spotted by a bystander touching manatees at like a beach. When he was told to stop messing with the manatees, he apparently shouted, I'm riding it. Okay, carry on, sir. Still actually somehow worse. Very worse. Friend. A bystander alerted the authorities that James had touched two adult manatees and their two cats. Officers from Florida's Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission arrived at the scene. James said he never spoke with the bystander, but according to the police report, he became verbally combative with an officer. The officer reported that James admitted to speaking with the bystander, but said he, quote, wasn't going to stop until someone with a badge told him to. James was given a notice to appear in court, but allegedly told the officers that he wouldn't show up. He then started chanting, 
take me to jail, take me to jail. (laughs) So at that point, he was arrested and charged with, quote, annoying, molesting, (laughs) harassing, or disturbing manatees in a creek. I love that there is, like, a charge that's, like, annoying the manatees, which, like, there should be. And I'm so glad there is. I wish there was a charge of annoying me. Yeah, just you're annoying me. Go to jail. You get charged with it. Right. According to the Florida Manatee Sanctuary Act of 1978, it is forbidden to intentionally or negligently disturb or harass the animal. And if you're convicted of violating the act, you can be fined up to $500 and spend 60 days in jail. Manatees are also protected under the Marine Mammal Protection Act of 1972, a federal law which, if violated, can earn you a $50,000 fine and a one-year prison sentence. Jeez. Which I think you deserve if you're going to sit there and annoy manatees. Yeah, I think it's completely fair. So James was found guilty of disturbing a manatee and forced to pay a fine of $100 plus court expenses. Also, just like... For a quick second here, can we just picture somebody riding a manatee? Like, if you just saw that, what would you do in that situation? I would be furious. Seriously. I would be so disturbed and so angry. Yeah. It's not funny. Like, I know it's a funny image to think in your mind. Like, somebody riding a sea cow through the, you know, like, Mm -hmm. it's not. It's like, stop messing with animals. Especially manatees are, like, the sweetest Just like little muffins of the sea. They're so cute. I did a project on manatees in like fourth grade. They're like just sweet. And it's like to bother them and like upset them and scare them. Yeah. It's just not cool, man. It's like not everything on this earth is put there to entertain you. So stop using things that way. It's not all for us. So just leave it alone. That was definitely number one. I'm ticked off at him. Yeah, that was. I can't think of anything that was left off simply because there's a myriad of things that probably were. I was going to say, this seemed to be geared a lot towards like the animal stuff. And I'm sure there's a million more things, but we could never, ever cover them all. No. In a million years. Probably not. We'd be 800 still covering these. We very much would, which doesn't sound like a bad gig. No. So there you go. Maybe let's do it. Well, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Remember to follow Crime Countdown on Spotify to get a brand new episode delivered every week. You can find all episodes of Crime Countdown and all other podcast shows for free on Spotify. And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. And if you like us, which I hope you do because you made it this far through Florida Crimes Part 1000, <laughs> you can listen to us on Morbid anywhere you listen to podcasts or you can follow us on Twitter at a morbid podcast or on Instagram at morbid podcast. And we hope you keep it weird until Monday, but not so weird that you don't stay away from the manatees. Crime Countdown is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It was created by Max Cutler. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Kevin McAlpine. Fact checking by Lori Siegel and Cheyenne Lopez. Research by Jay Cahio. It's produced by John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, Gemma Waters, Jonathan Ratliff, and Tracy Levy. It's associate produced by Gitu Mera, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro. We're your hosts, Elena Urquhart and Ash Kelly. Hi, it's Carter from Parcast Network. 
Devious Dads is back for a second season and a new collection of hair-raising episodes from across our catalog of shows. Every Sunday, meet the parents who were anything but protectors. Follow Devious Dads free and only on Spotify. Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa. Exciting news. ParCast's first book, Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Join Them, is now available for pre-order at ParCast.com cults. Thanks to your support, we've compiled years of research, insights, and a catalog of case studies to expose more about these cults and the people behind them than ever before. Details which haven't even been explored in our Cults podcast. Visit parcast.com slash cults to pre-order your copy of Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Joined Them.